Hello, welcome to the podcast Inner City Spirit, hosted by Trinity Midtown in Houston, Texas. We have a new series we're beginning called Las Reverendas Outline the Faith. Your hosts are the Reverend Luz Cabrera Montes and the Reverend Hannah Elizabeth Atkins Romero, Las Reverendas. That's what the community in El Salvador used to call me, and um, uh, many communities are getting used to calling Luz as she completes her year of ordination to the diaconate. So uh, the concept of uh, Las Reverendas Outline the Faith is to re-familiarize folks with the basic tenets of the faith of the Episcopal Church as outlined in the Book of Common Prayer, but make it a little more interesting than just reading. We'll review some of the concepts that are in the back of the Book of Common Prayer 1979, uh, the catechism, and then we will discuss them. And we're going to do 18 series. So one of, in each topic of the, um, catechism or the outline of faith. And we're going to do this hoping for it to be a resource for people who want to re-familiarize or acquaint themselves for the first time with some of the things that we believe in the Episcopal Church. And our hope is that this will spark discussion, spark meditation, spark further investigation into these deep theological concepts. But we're going to start with some of the basics and share how we have encountered those in our lives. So let us pray and then get right to it. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus Christ, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth that in your good time, all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us again. I say that for our segment on sin and redemption from the Outline of Faith in the Catechism uh, in the Book of Common Prayer, 1979. What is sin? Sin is the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God, thus distorting our relationship with God, with other people, and with all creation. How does sin have power over us? Sin has power over us because we lose our liberty when our relationship with God is distorted. What is redemption? Redemption is the act of God which sets us free from the power of evil, sin, and death. How did God prepare us for redemption? God sent the prophets to call us back to himself, to show us our need for redemption, and to announce the coming of the Messiah. What is meant by the Messiah? 
The Messiah is one sent by God to free us from the power of sin, so that with the help of God we may live in harmony with God, within ourselves, with our neighbors, and with all creation. Who do we believe is the Messiah? The Messiah, or Christ, is Jesus of Nazareth, the only Son of God. So this next segment is very powerful. You just heard the question and answers on sin and redemption. And I've always been struck by the wording here that sin is the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God. But the word distortion, it says when we do that, it distorts our relationship with God and with other people and with all creation. And that that word distortion, um, it helps me think of, um, you know, like a, a speaker, um, a sound system that where there's that feedback and distortion when you're playing an instrument or speaking. And it, it's so painful that that sound of distortion makes it really hard to keep playing or to hear well. And it makes you even wince. And when our lives, our relationships with God are distorted, it's like we're walking through life with that, you know, extra, with a wince and with that, that feedback, um, making it hard to think clearly, um, hard to keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so I just, I, I think that a distortion in a relationship is something that really makes it hard uh, to be, to be present, to be able to, like I said, do what's right, to, to listen, to hear, and to even interact and be in relationship. And so uh, that's, that's, one one way to think about sin, sin harms yourself, other people, creation, breaks relationships. And we're not talking about keeping good boundaries uh-huh. with a toxic person in your life, family member, or friend, or colleague. You know, good boundaries are, are, are also healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about breaking relationships, it's distorting um, that good relationship because you make decisions, you take actions, or you are um, apathetic about something that um, is important to the well-being of God's world, this beautiful world that God made. And so that touches all aspects of life. And then redemption is really, it's... um, I think it's getting your sea legs on the um, in the way of of God, on the way of love, as Bishop Curry says. And in that, it's that you know you can you know you have choices. You know we have we were made very good in the image of God. You know we are capable human beings of incredible good, and yet we also have this ability and tendency to fall short of our best selves and to sin and to distort our relationships. And then redemption is 
getting secure that that part of you that is, you know, the shadow, as mm-hmm. Carl Jung spoke about, is not stronger than the, the, the side of good. And there is nothing in this world that God, can, including you and mm-hmm. all your sins or ignorance or whatever you want to call it, or cowardice or whatever, there's nothing that God's love cannot redeem. And that gets us to who Jesus the Messiah is. Jesus, the incarnation of God, who's the Savior that knows our weakness, came into the world as a vulnerable child, the Savior that had friends who betrayed him, had family who didn't quite understand him, um, and was um, executed painfully by the state while people jeered at him. And... He transformed that symbol of death and the worst that human beings could do to each other uh, into a symbol of renewal and the power of God's love and mercy. And so, yeah, redemption is real. Yeah. What I, you know, what comes to mind for me is sin, just the word sin, even in, in church setting. You know, I think that. People are, are very afraid of, of the church, not, you know, whether they've been hurt by the church, they've been hurt by religion or a specific institution. There's there's always a lot of pain there, right? And mm-hmm. so we don't always know how to talk about it or we don't know. And if, and if you know, and, and we do, I'm not saying that we don't talk about it. You know, we do talk about it, but I don't know if we create really, if we're intentional about how we approach it and how we talk to others about it, you know, we make sometimes assumptions of that everyone may be familiar with, with this, right? That everyone may know uh, about sin and redemption and, and, and you're coming to a church and you're brand new and you don't, you know, you don't have, you don't have that background information the that you language, may need, the language or, in general. Or you have what, like you said, the language from other institutions yes. that is like there's us and them, mm-hmm. this and that, and very little, and judgments about all kinds of thing, uh, all kinds of people like women and homosexuals. Hom- yeah, and, and, and just how we... And, we, you know, and, and I hope that this this series will really not just be for people that go to church, but also just in general, anyone wanting to know more, you know, and, and learning because we're all learning together. And, and it's a part of how we have this conversation. One of the songs that I, I can't think of the name right now, and, and I'm going to look it up. But but one of the my favorite songs right now is Truth Be Told by Matthew West. And I and I know that a lot of you know, people are not always into contemporary Christian music. I it really, I think for me, and this is a compl- completely off topic, and I apologize, but I think <laughs> that it really reminds me of the music I grew up with in the Latino community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh-huh. there's more rhythm, there's more, you know, just it's like a prayer language. Yeah, it's like a prayer yeah. language for yeah. me. You know, and and I think that sometimes, you know, and as I interpret and as I learn more, and I I learn to appreciate also the hymnal as well. That's not to say that, you know, that I don't uh, enjoy that as well. But but anyway, so this com- contemporary Christian uh, artist is uh, Matthew West, and he this song is just, 
I'll read a, some of the lyrics and then I'll go a little bit into why it really just resonates. Yeah. And it's, you know, and actually, Tan was the first one to to bring it to my attention. I usually listen to the the beat and then I kind of. And kinda, for those of us who don't know yes, who that is, yes, who is Tan that? is my husband, who <laughs> you know, who is also uh, not a priest, but a priest. Uh, his dad is a priest and his grandpa's a priest, and he is one of the a great musician. A great musician, yes, <laughs> and and one of the you know one of my I think I always see God in, in Than. and so anyway, he brought this song to my attention. It's you know it just talks about our brokenness and how sometimes we we are so afraid to admit it. You know, we're so afraid. You know, it's, it starts off by saying line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, you just smile and you tell them never better. And line number two, everyone's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. Wow. And, and, you know, it's, it's, and then he goes on to say, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yes, I'm fine. You know, and I think it's like, well, we always say, hey, how are you? It's fine. fine. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but I'm not. And then, you know, I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it is under control. And and then it says, you know, we want to, there's no failure. And I think it goes back to what you're saying. There's no fall. There's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth just be told. You know, and, and I just really, the, the, the words just really catch my attention and resonate just because I think, gosh, let God, if it's really true that that your love for me won't change, then let the truth be told. Let me yeah. just, you know, it's who I am and here's all of me in our own brokenness. And that's a freedom. Yes. Right? It, sets is, it says it says right here, redemption is the act yes. of God which sets us free from yes. the power of evil. Exactly. Sin and death. Yes. Yeah. When being honest, you know, it's the best the only way to fix it, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that a lot of, a lot of, of the reason why we also don't have this conversation is because we don't see the redemption. You know, mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we're not intentional when we talk about sin to also talk about redemption. Mm-hmm. You know, we separate them. We isolate them. Uh, you know, we say mm-hmm. we just talk about sin, but not about redemption. I know there's a song also by, um, I can't think of her name, uh, Daigle. She's uh, very... Laura? Is it Laura? I think it's Lauren Daigle. Uh-huh. Lauren Daigle. And she just recently came out with, I mean, um, this song that was a complete hit in, in um, how do you say, in, in all in all genres, not just yeah. Christian. Yeah. She apparently, you know, was on um, just... So she was on the pop chart. So there's, yes. So Lauren Daigle is, is known actually for, you know, Christian contemporary music. But this, this song that she did, she is apparently, you know, is now historic because it's a crossover. It hit the, the top 100s, um, the hot 100s top 40. So she very, you know, what's the name of the song? So the name of the song is You Say. Oh, you say, yes, that's you right. say, and and it's beautiful. I think it really, it, and I think it again. It just resonates with people, yeah. right? It, she talks about you know I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Uh, am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? And then, you know, there's just all these these lyrics. But then she says, "You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak." And you say, I am held when I am falling short. And so I think there's redemption in, in how she's going back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sin of just everything she's feeling 
And then the redemption in that. Well, and I want to um, tell you, uh, remind you of a sermon that you wrote about God entering <coughs> into our broken heart. And that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think that that's a, a way of understanding redemption as well. And so now I'm going to just change a little tiny um, subject because I, I remember I really wanted to highlight some of my heroes, mm-hmm. heroes of the faith. When I was in, a, um, I was about 14 or 15, and this okay. movie came on TV about the four North American church women who happened to be Roman Catholic who were um, raped and murdered in El Salvador by U.S. trained uh, military forces there. And and the movie was Roses in December. Hmm. And the because um, some of them, the lay, there was a lay woman, Jeannie Donovan, and the other women were Ida Ford, Mara Clark, and Dorothy Kazel. And the lay woman was from, well, they were all from sort of North United States, Midwest, and, you know, places where there weren't roses in December. Mm-hmm. It was a, a snow mm-hmm. and cold. And so um, in their mission work in humanitarian human rights work in El Salvador and in Nicaragua also, they, you know, loved seeing the roses blooming in December. For them, that was really, it was very special. And they, their story, this is definitely going to date me, but their story, Mm -hmm. uh, the protagonist was Melissa Gilbert, who was like on Little House on the Prairie or whatever. Anyway, this, this movie came out when I was about 15. It was a long, long time ago. And I just remember sitting there watching that and knowing about these women um, because... Uh, my family was very much into human rights, um, you know, solidarity work with um, Latin America. And just being so moved that they made the choice to go to El Salvador, um, wanting to be a different face of U.S. policy, which was backing a repressive military there at that time in the late 70s, early 80s. And they they went and they were working in refugee camps and as, you know, three of them were professed uh, nuns. And so they were there trying to show a different face of God in the midst of a terrible civil war. And as North Americans, they were trying to also show the different face of um, our country and and um, rooted in faith, and they stayed even when it was dangerous. As Jeannie Donovan said, you know she couldn't have a heart so closed, so staunch as to leave the faces of the children that she had grown to love in her ministry, just because she could and they couldn't. And they they their faith led them to be free of the power of the fear of death. And that always, that impressed me. That left an impression. Um, It's an extreme example in many ways, but it's also, I mean, they weren't hating anybody. They were following what God's will was to them. They weren't trying to be martyrs. They were 
trying to be faithful. They had been freed from whatever the forces of evil could do to them, and they, they suffered terribly, and yet their witness spurred a lot of action on behalf of ending uh, U.S. policy in the war there. And, and so that, to me, they were very Christ-like mm. in that way. They were looking to transform um, a situation of intense pain by relationship and love and witness. And so um, that that has always stuck with me. And I we're not all going to be called to do that. But when we struggle with the sin of this world and we're trying to be forces of our own redemption um, and accept the gift of salvation, then um, that's a salvation that's freely given to all who will receive it and it doesn't mean life's going to be easy or free of pain or even fair it just means that we're going to be able to walk in the way of god and be courageous out of love as god is courageous in his or her act of uh, creating us Thank you so much for joining us for this segment of this series, Las Reverendas, Outline the Faith. We want to also highlight that there's a lot about our catechism on the Book of Common Prayer. And this catechism is primarily intended for use by parish priests, deacons, and lay catechists to give an outline for instruction. It is a commentary on the creeds, but is not meant to be a complete statement of belief and practice. Rather, it is a point of departure for the teacher and it is cast in the traditional question and answer form for ease of reference. The second use of this catechism is to provide a brief summary of the church's teaching for an inquiring stranger who picks up a prayer book. For additional resources, we invite you to check out our website, trinitymidtown.org, and for you to tune in for our next segment. And we are very grateful that you are joining us here with Las Reverendas, Outline the Faith. Have a good one. <laughs>